What's good, everybody? Happy New Year, Happy New Year, Happy New Year, Happy Holidays. I hope everybody had a great holiday. You're listening to the one and only Sports Business Podcast available on all platforms. So if you get it on Google, Stitcher, Anchor, uh, Spotify, and I believe Apple were on there. So shout out to everybody who's housing us and keeping us alive. I hope everybody had a safe and sound 2022 ringing in of the new year. We got the first episode of the Sports Business Podcast on and popping like fish grease already. And man, what a what a what a weekend. Uh what a what a three or four days, man. And without without further ado, you know, definitely gotta send our respects out to the late great coach, John Madden, Bay Area legend. Um, we lost a, a, a true pioneer, a true trailblazer and you know, I knew John Madden, you know, with, with, with Madden football, you know, I think it was like Madden 94, 95 when I was playing it on the Game Boy and I done bought Madden every year, every, every year since then. Um, so, you know, just a great dude, you know, everybody felt like you knew him, especially if you, you know, if you got Pat Summer on John Madden calling you games, which most more than likely back in the nineties was going to be either the Green Bay Packers, the Dallas Cowboys or the San Francisco 49ers, you knew it was going to be a big game. So that's a huge hole and, and you know he's a, he's a one of a kind and he won't be replaced but you know his legacy definitely lives on uh and, and another bay area legend uh you know a bay area producer tracks a million um who who kind of was one of the founding fathers of the bay area hyphy movement um especially right around you know 2005 all the way up to about 2008 2009 all the way up until this day um you know died with his battle of cancer so you know we definitely got to send our send our shout outs and send our loves to, to the families of the ones that we just lost you know true bay area, bay area pioneers um so the people in the bay area um we're here for you i'm hurting um and yeah it sucks um, especially with tracks a million passing away um he gave us the culture uh he gave us he gave us an identity, uh, producing so many hits. So, um, you know, anybody who got time, you know, look up Tracks a Million, you know, and especially being from San Jose. San Jose don't get a lot of love. It's always usually San Francisco, Oakland, uh, Vallejo, Fairfield, all that stuff. But San Jose is always usually one of the forgotten pillars of the Bay Area. So, you know, sending our love out to those families and whatnot. But, uh, you know, we're going to try to bring this up and get this cracking like some broken bones. So, you know, let's do what we do and get into it. So, Man, let me talk about these college football playoffs off rip because it happened Friday. Uh, Friday, yeah. You got Bama versus Cincy. Um, and then you also had Notre Dame. I'm sorry, Georgia against Michigan. Um, yeah, man. What's, where's this talk of we need to expand the college football playoffs? Why? So we can see more blowouts? I mean, these games were bad, like B-A-double-D bad. You got an average, I mean, the college football playoffs semifinals alone, I think the average margin of victory ever since they've implemented this game, so I think, I think it's seven years, seven or eight years now that they've been doing, they've gone to the, the tournament format. Bruh, like these teams are losing by an average of 21 points. Like cut out the malarkey, leave it at four, um, leave it at four teams, bringing in eight teams is going to do what? I mean, you probably get a good four or five matchup out of the whole deal. But I mean, it's still going to be bad games. I don't want to watch. I don't want to watch those games. 
Um, it's bad enough we got a whole boatload of bowl games where everybody gets a participation trophy as it is. But I mean, come on, man. This this is this is just you know, since he. I guess I understood why they got in. You know, people wanted to give them the little engine that they could um, treatment, but they wasn't ready for Bama. Um, they weren't ready. They they're they're just too small, too slow. Um, they were at a competitive disadvantage uh, in, in Notre Dame. I mean, I'm sorry, Michigan. I don't know why I keep calling Michigan Notre Dame because they lost so bad they looked like a Notre Dame team. Um, Michigan. Now, you know, once when Jim Harbaugh went for it for on fourth down in the first quarter, the score was 14 zip. You ain't gonna be nobody being, and you're not gonna be nobody in a, in a semi-final game being down 14 zip. I'm gonna tell you that right now. Um, and, and, and they got smoked off the field. So, I mean, here we go again. We got Georgia against Bama, um, a rematch of I believe what it was, what two years ago, two or three years ago, when when Tua came off the bench. I think that was three years ago. So we gonna we gonna get that again. Yay! Who really wants to watch that? Um, and, and, you know, I know the big network has been hurting for ratings, but I don't know what the answer is to fix this. Um, you got Bama, you know, you got your usual suspects. It's usually the Bama, Georgia, um, Ohio State, Oklahoma, um, every now and then Notre Dame. And you got those, you, and Clemson, uh, you know. So if you expand it to eight teams, you're going to have Bama, Clemson, Georgia, probably Oklahoma, um, I can't count the Pac-12 as a big power five because I think they're 0-5 in the, in the semifinals game. So they, they can't be taken serious. And then somehow Notre Dame gets in just because they have a Pop-Tart schedule and they're, they're independent and they win nine games and they're automatically into the, the playoffs, which doesn't make any sense to me. So you're going to have the same usual six teams usually on a rotating basis um, against two wildcard teams, which you can throw in maybe like a... Cincinnati, who's going to get smoked, or a UCF, who's probably going to get smoked again. Um, so, I mean, eh, do I really want, do I, do we really need more? No, we don't. We need to figure out how to make this more of a competitive balance right now. And, and, and it's just not, and it's just not a good product to watch right now. So, yeah, to me, the college football playoffs, they were terrible. Um, what's my take on the championship game against Bama against Georgia? I mean, I don't. I feel like Bama is going to win again, just based off of how they dominated them in the SEC championship game. Um, but then that's that was just what about four weeks ago. So I don't. I don't know what to make of this. I know one thing's for sure. This isn't Alabama's fault why the college football playoffs is boring. I mean, they keep winning, and, and it just shows to me that the SEC is the superior, the most closest thing to the NFL that you will see at an amateur level, and that means that. You know, I don't know what Texas and Oklahoma is going to bring to the table when they move to the SEC in a couple of years, but we'll see. But at right now, it, this is all Bama's, Bama's game to lose. Um, and, and for I think this will be Coach Saban's seventh national championship if he wins this um, coming up on Monday. So I don't know, but the, 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 I don't think expanding the college football playoffs is going to make anything better. Why? You know, just let me know, and you can email the show at sportsbusiness, S-P-U-R-T-Z-B-I-Z-N-E-S-S at gmail.com. You can explain to me how having the same six teams um, out of eight are going to make the college football playoffs better. I, I don't see it happening. Um, I, I just don't see that happening at all. So, man, moving onwards. Um, by the way, uh, I hope y'all, y'all, you know, took down your Christmas tree because I hope y'all ain't the one people that take down your christmas tree on mlk weekend like i need to go ahead and get them things now uh, since we're talking about christmas and the holidays but yeah we're gonna talk about the week uh 
the week seven, the week seventeen uh, winners and losers, and it, it was there were some there were some bad winners or there were some bad losers, and I'm gonna go straight into the losers off rip. The Rams, yo, I don't know what to make of this Rams team. I don't know if they're good. The Rams are. The, here's the thing about the Rams. The Rams are a team that will keep both teams in the game, and I say that you can't have uh, Matt Stafford out here throwing pick sixes left and right every dog on day, but then somehow be able to revive. Um, his team out of the hole that he dug um, and not to mention against a Baltimore Ravens team who's just depleted on both sides of the ball they had some dude named Hundley uh, who started up uh, who's been the backup to Lamar Jackson I think this is like his second or third game that he started as a backup I mean they don't really have any offensive weapons um, and and that's the best you can do is win by one point it's not good it doesn't look good at all that's just a bad that's a bad bad win uh, for them that's a game that that they should have won um, by a lot more than just one point um, my other losers is the Jags man this whole you know I thought my beloved Raiders was was the joke of the NFL but somehow they keep figuring it out and they keep pulling off wins but the Jags man come on um, Trevor Lawrence Mr. Lawrence dog we, we, we need some uh we need we need some questions answered uh, we need some we need some we need some questions answered dog this is your rookie year and I know you've had you haven't had a fair shake I know that you know you've had coaches getting fired and whatnot but we haven't seen the the if anything I feel like he, he's regressed since week one which is which is crazy like at a minimum you should be able to evolve and, and get a little bit better here and there but you haven't even been able to do that so uh yeah, it was just a bad loss. You can't be losing, putting up a 50 spot and, and, and getting blown out that bad. 50 to 10 is just embarrassing. Um, so, yeah, Miami, the Miami Dolphins, bro. Um, what happened to y'all? Y'all y'all was out here gloating and had a, had a chance to get into the playoffs and only to get blown out by the Tennessee Titans, which who, who all knew that the Tennessee Titans yesterday at the end of the day was the number one overall seed in, in the AFC? I didn't even know they were in the hunt for it. Like, I just thought that they were going to get the division and it was either really Kansas City and New England's, you know, number one overall, number one seed in the conference for them to lose. I didn't even know Tennessee was in, it was in the running for it. So, um, the Miami Dolphins, y'all, gosh, that was bad. Um, that was very, very bad. And, you know, that loss of base eliminated them out of playoff contention. So that's a huge loss for them. But shout out to the Tennessee Titans. Word on the street is they they have a 50-50 chance of getting Derrick Henry back as early as next week. Um, if they're able to wrap everything up, they might be able to just get the number one overall seed, rest him next week, and then if they get a bye. So theoretically, he's getting an additional two weeks worth of rest. So I don't know how the Tennessee Titans plan on playing Derrick Henry, but, you know, with King Henry coming back very, very soon, you know, this team might be very, very scary. And if they got to go through Nashville to win these games, um, being the fact that they were just in the AFC Championship game last year, uh, it's it's going to be huge. It's going to be a big deal. So uh, those are my losers, those losers, and we're going to switch it over to the winners. Yo, the Cincinnati Bengals, the Cardiac Cats, man, for them to be able to beat the, you know, a, a, a surge in Kansas City Chiefs team the way they did, and they outsmarted them, and were able to keep play keep away from Patrick Mahomes at the end of the game, even though it was it was oral surgery of what they had to do to get there. It was it was pretty impressive. Um, Jamar Chase, man, hey yo, my man, Jamar Chase, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get to him, but my man helped me out big time in my fantasy football. 
um, this dude is looking very, very, very scary, and the 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 duel of him and him and Joe Burrow um, is paid off. Um, they were able to wrap up their division in the Nor- AFC North, and you know they get a home game, and they look good. Um, they got some good wins. The defense is very, very skeptical, but they were on they're, they're playing on this bend but don't break type of hype. But hey, man, for them to be able to beat the Kansas City Chiefs the way they did, for Jamar Chase to break all these different type of records, he caught look, had the most yardage ever for a rookie. Um, and we're talking, I mean, think about Randy Moss and Jerry Rice and a lot of these rookies, a lot of these receivers that had great, 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 great rookie years. And he's out here just smoking these records out of, out of them. So, um, yeah, shout out to the, to the Cincinnati Bengals, a.k.a. the Cardiac Cats, baby. So, um, yo, my Raiders, <laughs> the yo, the Raiders, winners, what? They won three games in a row? Hey, man, and then now they they set themselves up to play in a winner-take-all uh, a game next Sunday, which more than likely I'm going to be attending. I think I need to be in the building for that. So um, be on the lookout for that on my social media on Money Compton. I'm pretty sure I'm going to be attending that game, winner-take-all here in Vegas at home, prime time, national TV game. Ain't no way, but I got to be there. But the Raiders, man, um, you know, they... You know, Derek, you know, for as much slack as I've given or as much hell as I've given Derek Carr, you know, you look at his numbers, it's like, is he an elite quarterback? Because he's third in the league in passing yards. Um, but then he does bonehead things like those two picks, two two interceptions yesterday. So I don't know what to make of Derek Carr. I don't know if he's a long, long-term solution for the Raiders, if he's going to be the answer. But, I mean, he's keeping these boys in and, and you know, that gives... Hopefully, Darren Waller will come back this weekend uh, for this much-needed win game. Um, I think that helped. That gives a lot of takes a lot of the load off of Brandon, uh, Brandon, Josh Jacobs, Hunter Renfro, um, but Zay Jones stepped up big time yesterday. Um, Hunter Renfro again has been balling out of control. He's got some some team records, and if anybody knows about the Raiders' receivers' uh, records, it's either Tim Brown or Jerry Rice. Basically, is what it, is what it comes down to. So. Shout out to my beloved Raiders, but they they might be in it, um, which is which is crazy to say, being the fact that they've had one of the most interesting seasons a team could really face, and and Coach Coach Rich uh, could have easily folded this team in and just you know nailed it in, um, especially after the whole Henry Rugg situation. But you know, I think the win at Thanksgiving, and now that they're on this three game winning streak, I think that they're on to something. The thing about me that concerns my huge concern about the Raiders is they don't create turnovers, um, and, and you gotta you gotta steal possessions in this name in, in this type of game. So um, if they're gonna be in playoff football, they gotta be able to steal a possession or two, and they have not been able to do that all season. Um, they get a good pass rush, they have a great you know a great front four, but they have not been able to create turnovers whatsoever whatsoever, and I think that's gonna end up biting them in the you know who. Um, especially even as early as next week against the Chargers. So, um, but they're winners this weekend. All we can do is say we live to fight another day. So, my third set of winners, man, is the Arizona Cardinals. I, you know, I don't know what to make of this. This is a team that's been very, very interesting where I can't put my finger on it. You know, Kyler Murray missed a whole bunch of games. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins has been out for a, a whole bunch of games as well. Um, they've had good wins, like they go to Tennessee and just punch them in the mouth but then they have bad losses as well 
Um, and they were able to beat Dallas in a, in, you know, somewhat of a controversial call. But I said this earlier in one of my podcasts earlier in the season of in a, in a, in a, of the sports business podcast. I said Mike McCarthy is going to be the reason why this team doesn't ex- ex- succeed. Um, he, he, I think it was earlier this year, he had bad clock management, and again, he did the same thing. Um, yesterday where he could have pocketed one of those timeouts. And I, my rule of thumb is you always want to keep at least one timeout before the two-minute warning. Just for instance, like what happened yesterday when I believe it was either Chase Edmonds, I was Chase Edmonds who fumbled the ball. They didn't have any timeouts. They couldn't even challenge it. I'm always a, I'm always a firm believer. You got to keep at least one timeout before the two-minute warning just in case things like that happen. And if you don't have it, if you end up losing the challenge, at least, I mean, you're going to burn the timeout one way or another. So you always want to keep one timeout. But I always said Mike McCarthy was going to be the reason why the Cowboys are not going to be able to succeed. And again, yesterday, that was piss poor planning on the coach's end. So, um, right, the Arizona Cardinals, they they made it happen and they were able to pull out a victory. Um, but the Cowboys just on offense, just they don't look good. I know Zeke's dealing with a bad knee, but they just don't look fluid. Um, I, I, I don't know what to put my hands up on them, but, uh, you know, this, this, just, this isn't an offense that looks like they are a championship molded offense. They don't really run the ball well. My thing about Amari Cooper is he's so inconsistent. Um, he has great games, but then he has very, very quiet games. So, um, and now there's no Michael Gallup. So he's out for the rest of the year. Um, CD CD Lamb is, seems to be the one that's been the 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 most dependable uh, receiver. But you know, for as much as what they've given up for Amari Cooper, and I, I mean, granted, he he throws up good numbers, but he's just so wishy washy. You don't know which Amari Cooper you're gonna get. So. Um, we'll see uh, how they how they fare against next week, um, and, and, and how they're going to go into the playoffs. But this once team that looked very very promising, they don't look so good right now. So, uh, but yeah, that's my my week seventeen winners and losers, um, and, and we got to talk about this because as a former uh, or as a military veteran, um, you know mental health, mental illness, and you know PTSD, PTSD. Those are those are real things that. We all incurred in people at the workplace. They incurred the, uh, you know, they, they endure those things as well. <sighs> Antonio Brown. Um, I, I, man, that was one of the most weirdest meltdowns if I had ever seen one. But also at the same time, it's like, are we surprised? Um, and for those who aren't tracking what I'm talking about, um, Antonio Brown yesterday, receiver of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, basically quit, literally quit. And I'm saying not just quit after the end of the game. I'm talking about he quit in the middle of the third quarter, took his shoulder pads off, threw his, threw his uh, gloves, uh, his undershirt out in, the, out in the fans and and ran off the field. Like, quit, 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 quit. Like, to Mar- like he, he's to Tommy from Martin. Like, he ain't got no job, Martin, uh, type of situation. So, um, I always I always take data back to the Vontae's perfect uh, hit that he took in the head. He ain't been right since. Um, and, and when you got Tom Brady, who, who lends you his couch or lends you a place to stay for you to come to New England and still vouches for you to come and play in, in Tampa Bay once when your suspension is up and for you to let him down, man, I mean, I get it. Ugh. Like, dog. And, and even for Tom Brady, after all of that that he went through, after sticking his neck out for him twice, for him to still have the humility to say, hey, man, he needs the help that he needs not the help that we think that he needs but the help that he needs um it was was you know kind of made me soften my tone on how i felt about ab um do i think he's a hall of fame receiver 
If you look at his numbers, they look they're better than Michael Irvin's. Um, and Michael Irvin is in the Hall of Fame. Um, so they're to take that with a grain of salt. Um, that's how good this man is. Um, but yeah, he needs help. Um, he, he needs, he, he needs to step away from the game. Um, do I think a team will pick him up this season or possibly next season? I don't know. Um, stranger things have happened. I don't know how Josh Gordon keeps getting all these chances. I mean, he's in, he's in Kansas city and I know Kansas city hasn't been able to find that same, that secondary compliment to Tyreek Hill. Um, Josh Gordon, I think only has like five catches for 30 some yards this season. So, and this dude's had like 16,000 chances. So do I think AB will get another chance? Um, it's sad to say maybe, um, probably. Um, and if you look at his numbers this season, they weren't bad. Um, but it's just too many episodes. He's equivalent to what number 11 of the Brooklyn Nets is um, in football, um, minus the on the on the court antics. But he needs help. Um, I hope he gets the help that he he, he deserves. And, and I hope he can come back and kind of, you know, start his second chapter of life and, and, and kind of, you know, whip, whip things back. But I think, you know, the memes, I mean, I ain't gonna lie, they're funny. But also at the same time, it's like, dang, dog, like you really... You really had a good thing going and, and you know, your demons got the best of you. So, um, you know, it, it was just definitely hard to watch. And speaking of number 11 of the Brooklyn Nets, um, a random thought. And I, and I posted this on my social media earlier today. Um, apparently it is rumored that or it's not really a rumor. He's supposed to be making his season debut on the road because he can't play at home because he's he's an anti-vaxxer. Um, the thing about him was he claimed to be that he was going to be taking a stand and being a voice for the voiceless. Well, number 11, you ain't played basketball in three months. We ain't heard from you in three months. Um, so my question was, what have you been doing this entire time for you to say that you're a voice of the voiceless? Have you been helping people out? Have you been admitted? Have you been giving people funding for test kits and and vaccines or paying for people's um, wages for them to be, you know, for all the people that lost their jobs or lost hours or took a huge pay cut due to this um, crazy pandemic that we're living in. It looks like we're going into our third year um, of this, um, you know, and for you to have your first presser and you say that you were prepared to be sitting out for the rest of the season and that you were shocked that you even got to play shows me, man, you, you a clout chaser, bro. Like you, you don't know what you're talking about. Um, you phony. That's that's the better word. You just you're just a phony dude, man. Like you need to just get a new PR person. And I really hope for your sake that you don't have any type of um, any type of excuses or any type of breaks that you need because you've clearly used you've missed three months about thirty games. Um, that's literally about forty you know thirty some percent of your team your games. Not to mention you can't play anymore any, any home games. Until the city chain decides to change the, the law, which I don't see is happening anytime soon with this new variant that's out. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I saw that this morning. And that was the first thing I thought of. I wasn't even thinking like, man, the Nets are going to be good. It was more of this dude is so phony and everybody seems to just soak up into his stuff. But at the same time, he is a, an, a, a rare talent. He's a great talent. But also at the same time, it's he doesn't deserve to be in the NBA. Just go away. Go, go, go take your Moses walking stick and go, go find some lambs and go find greater pastures. But it's going to be interesting to see what the Brooklyn Nets look like um, as they're still dealing with a whole bunch of COVID cases in their, on their own squad right now. So we'll see. 
Um, I hope everybody's been enjoying my or, or the Sports Business Podcast, the first podcast of 2022. Um, we're going to do big things this year. I appreciate everyone's love and support. Before we dip set up out of here, two things. I've had Chris Kennedy on my show, and I wanted to take the time out for anybody who, who doesn't follow Chris Kennedy to do so. Um, he is one of the fantasy football insiders. Um, he's been on my show plenty of times, but I wanted to give him a huge shout out um, because I told you all I was going to bring guests on my show in 2021 that was going to put you on game. My man sat there and told you all the book for fantasy football and the championship guide, the dedicated amount of hours that him and his team put together. And for a measly 20 bucks, it, it was pretty much dummy proof. And I'm not the best fantasy football insider or, you know, in the ins and outs. But my man, if you if you could read it from point A to point B, he pretty much made a dummy proof. He had a plan. I stuck with it. And not only that, I ended up winning my fantasy football championship. So, Chris Kennedy, your man, hey, I appreciate you. I appreciate the work that you do. And if y'all don't have the time, if y'all got time, I'm telling y'all right now, y'all need to go follow this man. And he is amazing, amazing, amazing contact, amazing, amazing stuff that he puts out. And he's he's one of the most truly gen- genuine dudes that uh, you'll find out here. So, um, it, you know, sh- shout out to my man right there. So shout out to Chris Kennedy and the Fantasy Football Insiders. They do a great job out there, man. So with that being said, I definitely want to go on without uh, giving the Sports Business Podcast dummy of the day. I got two. I got two. And... The first one was kind of interesting. It it was weird. And I saw it and I didn't think anything of it. Um, I I didn't think anything. I couldn't think. I saw the the video and I thought it was just weird. Um, And that was at the Washington football team against the Philadelphia Eagles. Jalen Hurts is walking back towards the locker room at the end of the game. And the barricade that holds the fans up collapses and falls falls right there on on right in front of Jalen Hurts like he could have been trampled over by fans um which was weird uh it was super duper weird so and they said that the fans were not they weren't offered any medical attention weren't offered any medical attention and that it was more like a oh my bad my bad yo bad type of thing and they didn't get any they didn't get any love so uh, yeah, Washington, like you had a whole bunch of fans that could have died and got trampled over and, and you don't want to seek any any type of compensation. Have we not learned um, what happened at the Travis Scott incidents at, at Astro World? And you don't want to try to give, you know, any type of good PR and being the fact that you guys are one of the worst ran organizations in the front office on the business side as well as the sports side. It's not a good look, man. So the sports, uh, the sports business podcast is definitely going to give you the dummy today. And my second one has to go to the Houston Rockets. Yeah. So, Kevin Porter Jr. And yo, my man. You you get so mad that you leave at halftime? What? Like, what? So, apparently, Kevin Porter Jr. in Friday's game, the Houston Rockets played, um... He Kevin Porter Jr. of the Houston Rockets left um, after he, I guess, didn't. He got into it with Coach uh, Stephen Silas. I thought I was about to say, call him by his dad's name, Paul Silas. Stephen Silas. They got into an argument, I believe, at halftime, where I guess the coach said he wanted more effort. Um, and Kevin Porter felt like he was being, you know, he, he felt like 
he was giving his effort and he didn't like the way Coach Silas was coming at him. So he didn't come into the second half. He went home. He went to the house. Um, it's also noted that Christian Wood, who is the Rockets' leading scorer, um, didn't start Saturday night because he broke a team rule. Um, and he, I believe he scored. He, he didn't play like he only played like eight minutes in the first half um, and didn't even play in the second half. What are the Rockets doing, yo? Like, they stink. They lose 18 games in a row. You win seven. I believe they're on another seven-game losing streak that could possibly straight up to 20, probably another eight, another double-digit loss uh, streak. Um, but, you know, you're talking about you want more. Um, what, are, what are we doing? You got players that are leaving at halftime. Then you got the coach that wants to play a player for eight minutes, but then don't play him for the rest of the game. Like, what was the point of you playing him? And then now you want to suspend both of your top two players going into, I believe, tonight's game or tomorrow's game. Like, this whole organization as a whole is just is just crumbling before our eyes. Um, a team that was really just two years ago within championship contention um, got a whole bunch of players that, a whole bunch of G League players, if we keep it in the buck, and we're not even talking about G League players that were on hardship deals that were coming to play for COVID. We're talking about G League players that we don't even know who they are. This isn't a good start for the rookie uh, Jalen Green, um, to be around, like, I don't know what's going on over there. Um, but this, I, when I read this, I was just, I, I read it and said that Kevin Porter Jr. went home, um, at halftime. You can't do that, dog. You, I don't care how mad you get, at least stay in the arena, stay in the locker room, don't come out. But for you just to up and leave the arena, that's so unprofessional, dude. So you definitely get the sports business podcast dummy today. So, um, yeah, the Rockets, y'all are a mess. Um, <laughs> I don't, I don't see how they're going to get better anytime soon, but you know, oh yeah. And by the way, John Wall sitting on the bench every day, collecting a check. Forgot about that. So yeah, yeah, there's that. So anyways, man, I hope everybody enjoyed this podcast. Once again, my name is Eric Compton, AKA Mr. Town Business. You can find me on the internet at sportsbusiness.com. You can also find me on Instagram at Money Compton. You can also uh, find us on the Twitterverse at Sports Business. So that being said, we're going to run it back next week. I guess we're going to talk about the national championship game. Um, and we'll talk about the NFL playoffs and what to look out for. So other than that, we out. We're going to run it back. Love and peace, y'all.